Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled Ruth Rewarded. It shall be focused on Ruth chapter 4. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mighty love and for your scriptures. We see how Ruth was rewarded and how she became the mother of Obed, who, Lord, was the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, like you said, that the scepter would not depart from the house of David. Oh, Father, what a blessing it was for Ruth to hold this position. Father, we pray we know that even us as your bride, we shall be rewarded too. Oh, Father, we shall be rewarded with eternal life, which you have already glorified us, and we already have it. So, Father, we look forward unto that great day of redemption, where, Father, we'll be returned back into the state which you intended us to be, the original Adam. So, Father, help us to be faithful unto the day, deciding, serving, and resting. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Ruth chapter 4. Chapter 4 Then went Boaz up to the gate, and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsmen of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, O oh, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city, and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsmen, Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know. For there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing, for to confirm all things. A man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor, and this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Kilian's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren, and from the gate of his place ye are witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that is come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which two did build the house of Israel. And do thou worthily in Ephrata, and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be like the house of Pharaoh, whom Tamar bare unto Judah, of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. 
And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel, and he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, and a nourisher of thine old age, for thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child, and laid it in her bosom, and became nurse unto it. And the women her neighbors gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Pharaohs. Pharaohs begat Hezron, and Hezron begat Ram, and Ram begat Amminadab, and Amminadab begat Nashon, and Nashon begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Rev. William Branham titled, The Deity of Jesus Christ. This was preached in 1949 on December the 25th. We'll begin at paragraph 38 up to paragraph 74. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. One of the greatest gifts that God ever gave to the world was Jesus Christ. That We know that. And... Now, I want to speak this morning about his deity, who he is. So many had him a little baby laying out there in a cradle and so forth. But that, that was just one of the pictures, just one of the setting forth of the drama to bring it up to what he really is, his deity. And he said in the scriptures of his coming, he has been spoke of since the days of, of John, plumb back even into Genesis, it was prophesied that the woman's seed would bruise the serpent's head, promising this crowd, a child, Christ Jesus. And he's been all the prophets, most ever prophet that was ever uh, wrote in the Bible, spoke of his first and second advent when he has come to the world. Jesus comes three times. He came the first time to redeem his church. He comes the second time to receive his church. He comes the third time with his church. Everything in the Bible travels in trinities, threes, but all in one Christ. You can remember the first time to re redeem his church, the second time to receive his church, the third time with his church as king and queen. Now, but on his first coming, we'll speak of just a little bit, and then on his being here, and then on his second coming, on his, and then on the third time if the Lord willing. Now, in these days, there was a great persecution against the church. Uh, Caesar Augusta had made a great plan that he attacks all the people, and that was only done for one purpose, that God's great prophecy would be fulfilled. Only thing you have to do when you see something in the Bible that sounds just a little mystic and a little superstitious to you, just give God a little bit of time. God's in no hurry. We're the one gets in a hurry. Just give God just a little bit of time, and you'll see the old prophetic wheels, cogs run right up into the picture. It'll develop. Just like a bringing up of a picture. Like someone was speaking the other day, said, God, what was he? When he was back under millions and millions of years ago, when he was no, just like this space here. And then he gathered up into the Logos. And then he came from the Logos down into Christ. 
See, it's just God coming down like this to the earth, then going right back into God again. Don't you see what I mean? Just revolving, coming down from space, from uh, eternity, rolling together, coming down into the Logos, and the Logos down into man, then returning right back again for one purpose, to redeem that man that had fallen. Now that's what he came for, to be a redeemer. And before God could be a redeemer, he had to be, according to the law, a kinsman redeemer. He had to be kinfolks to us. And God, in the beginning, made his first man. He made him out of spirit. And spirit is the invisible part of man that you don't see. Now, God made man in his own image. Are you listening to me? All right. God made man in his own image. And God is a spirit, says the Bible. And the first man that was made had the government over all the creation, just like the Holy Spirit has government over the church today. He led the creation. He led the animals. But there was no man to feel the sorrow, so God made man out of the dust of the earth. And that man, he might have given him a hands like a monkey. He might have given him feet like a bear. Whatever he did, he just stored it together and made a man. But this man, he put this immortal spirit that never dies into this man, and he become more than a brute. He became a man. Then this man here, that's what I think an atheist and some of them standing around arguing, but the hour has come when God shed forth his life. There's an hour here that when God's doing things. That's right. And so now when they argue, well, his feet look like a bear and his hands look like an a ape or a, a monkey or so forth, they try to say his origin comes out. That has nothing to do with this is a body of flesh that he's just living in like a house. It's going back to the dust of the earth, but the spirit is immortal. It comes from God. That's the image of God. God is the spirit. That man lost his origin in the Garden of Eden. His relationship, communion with God was cut off there because of sin and unbelief. Unbelief in what? The Word of God. A picture was painted one time to Eve and told her how much brighter it would be if she'd just, just discard the Word of God. Look over here to reason. You can't. God, there's a difference between reason and God's Word. God's Word is true. Reason's false. You can't reason out nothing. That's right. Our mind is not good enough or never will be to fathom God's eternal wisdom. And therefore, you can't reason it. you just got to believe it. And so then the picture was painted out back there to our first father and mother. And they fell, and that broke off relationship with God and was drove from the Garden of Eden. From that hour, God began to scream up and down the garden hunting for his, his lost child. And then the only way that God then could ever redeem him would have to be to, make, uh, to come down and redeem him himself, not in another... Uh, not send somebody else. He couldn't send an angel. That wouldn't be right. But the only way God could redeem the man was come down himself and redeem it. If somebody sins here and my, I was a judge of this, uh, this group of people and I had the jurisdiction over you all and if, I, if someone sinned and I said, now, uh, Brother Grimm, I want you to pay the price. That wouldn't be just. If I said for my own boy to pay the price, that still wouldn't be on the judge. The only way that I can be just is for me, myself, to take his place. And what I was one pass the judgment, and then if I want to redeem the man, I've got to take his place myself. Are you still listening at me? Now look, I want you to notice something. Then, when this, 
The only way that God himself could ever redeem this man was to come down and take his place. And that was the law that was given by Moses of redemption, that it had to be through a kinsman redeemer, a man first who was worthy, a man who was worth the price, a man then who would make a public testimony and redeem the lost estate of somebody that had fallen. And then God was worthy. He came down some 1900 years ago in the form of a baby born in a manger, overshadowed by the Holy Ghost, not born by sexual desire. He was God. God's blood was in him. The baby is always the blood of its father, never of its mother. We all know that. Without, I've taught that before here at times. And you know that the baby has not one speck of its mother's blood in it. Not a bit. No, nothing does. It's always the blood of the male. A hen can lay an egg, but if it isn't fertile, it'll never hatch. No matter how pretty the egg is and how well she warms it, it'll always be unfertile. It'll lay right there and rot. That's right. Unless the male bird has been with the female bird and the germ of life comes from the male. Therefore, when Mary, knowing not a man, she was with the male God, the Almighty Jehovah, and he overshadowed her, and God is the creator that created a blood cell in the womb of Mary, knowing no man at all, and that brought forth the very creating blood of God to redeem us from our life coming in here, being born of sexual desire. And then that blood was drawn out of Emmanuel's veins on Calvary's cross, and today has the same saving, redeeming, holy power that it did the day the transfusion was made out of Calvary. You believe it? Amen. Now, that's right. We're redeemed by the blood of God. The Bible says we are bought by the blood and redeemed by blood, God's own blood. How was it God's blood? God has no blood. How could it be? Because it was God's creative blood that he created in order to redeem us and came and lived in the same body that he created. Therefore, he could not, God had to suffer temptation. He couldn't suffer temptation. He had to suffer sexual temptation. He had to suffer uh, uh, all kinds of temptation. To be tempted by the devil and riches and powers and, and dominions and so forth. He had to suffer all of that. In order to do it, he couldn't be as God in spirit. He had to be God in flesh. Now I'm speaking this morning on the deity of Christ so that you'll know who he is that we're worshiping today. Not a baby in a manger or not Santa Claus, but we're worshiping Almighty God in the deity of his Son. And notice then that blood came down and was, and was Christ Jesus. And God himself coming out of spirit went into Christ Jesus. And the Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Is that right? God himself, Jehovah, lived in Christ and was made a kinsman to us because he was born in human flesh like we are. Is that right? The blood cells were developed by God. And uh, the flesh cells were developed in the womb of Mary that brought forth the child. And God came down and lived in human flesh and was tempted in every manner just like we are. Do you believe that? All right. Now, then when he did that, he freely gave his blood. He didn't have to do it. He made that sacrifice. He could have went right on up into glory. He could have been transfigured like he was on Mount Transfiguration, went on into heaven and never died for us. But to be willing... To die for us, he gave freely his blood at Calvary. That's right. And he picked out, he was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. And he made a public testimony in the book of Ruth. There's a very beautiful picture there. How that Boaz, type of Christ, how that Ruth went over a strange country as a backslide, went out of the land, and brought back with her, I mean Naomi, and brought back Ruth. 
And when Ruth came back, she was a, 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 of the country of Moab. And when she came back, she was a Moabite. Absolutely a picture of the Gentile bride of the church. And when she went to leave Neoma, Neoma told her, said, kiss her and told her, go back to her people. She said, I will go with you to your people. Let your people be my people. And let your uh, dwellings be my dwellings. Let your God be my God. And nothing but death shall separate us. Where you die, I die. Where you're buried, I'll be buried. Now that's a picture of the Gentile church coming into Christ because we were once aliens away from God. Only the Jews was, was the ones to be saved. But we being dead in Christ take on Abraham's seed and are heirs according to the promise. And Christ got a Gentile bride. That's exactly right. Now, in order to redeem Boaz, to redeem the almost lost estate, that was the fact that the state of Israel, then Boaz, Boaz had to come out and when he did, a boy as rather, and when he came out, he had to kick off his shoe before the gates, of, before the elders, to make a public testimony that he had redeemed that lost woman and her estate. And in doing that, then he bought back also, he got in there his bride, the woman he is looking for. He had to redeem the woman first in order to get the bride, don't you see? And that's the same thing Christ did. He made a public testimony at the gates of Jerusalem when he was beaten, smitten, afflicted, and was bred up Calvary's Cal Golgotha's heal and bathe the heal with his own blood as a public testimony that he had redeemed all the fallen estates from back down in the beginning and has redeemed his people from the curse of sin and from the clutches of hell. And knowing that she would need something more in the last days than what she's got now, he said, I'll not leave you comfortless. I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. He will abide with you forever. A little while the world see me no more, but I'm going up to heaven to get this thing fixed up and I'll come back and be with you, even in you, until the end of the age. That's what I'm talking about. You still hear me say amen. That's right. That's what I'm speaking of now. Is him coming again in his power. Ages has flowed on. Oh, who is he? My, this morning they think of some little object of worship, some little manger out there, some little that. I'm not thinking of that. I'm thinking of Christ, the hope of glory in our hearts this morning by the Holy Ghost. That's right. Oh, condemned by the world. God has always come into the world when he did. The world hated him as it was in the days of Noah. So will it be in the coming of the Son of God. We're in that day, friends. And I notice, a little while the world sees me no more, yet you'll see me, for I'll be with you even in you, even to the end of the world. That's right, he's here now. And in the days how his big picture always revolved up and made the same thing come to pass, and we're seeing now the great drama set, and we're ready now to see great things happen. The church has been brought from the cradle. That's right. Pentecostal rocked it down under a few years ago back there while the people throwed stones and made fun and laughed at But she grew to maturity now. That's exactly right. Now we're here. That's right. That's what I'm interested in, to see God's church coming together now. We've been beat out here, beat out there, but the hour is coming when God's throwing the blanket around us all to draw us in. For the enemies at the gate. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. He said enough for his people. Daniel said the great things of the last days when these things come to pass. My, the great exploits will the people them a man of faith will do. And that day and the hour has come now that when the great drama picture of God set forth of the latter rain. Joel said in the last days it shall come to pass and I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy of all my hands made and made several I pour out of my spirit and I'll show signs in the heaven above and signs in the earth below and pillars of fire and vapor of smoke then it shall come to pass before the great terrible day of the Lord shall come to whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved.
As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mighty love. We thank you, Lord, for your word that you've imparted unto us today. May you take it, Lord, and put it deep into our souls. May, Lord, find fertile ground and germinate unto everlasting life. May you continue to mold us into the image of your Son and continue to give us a continuing filling of your Spirit until, Lord, the redemption day. Help us to be ready. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Joyce